Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Your eyes blink. Your ears strain to hear. You lean in and you ask someone, pinch me. I want to make sure that I'm not dreaming. Such is your response when you have received news that seems too good to be true. And I imagine that such was the reaction of the people of Israel when they returned from their generation's long exile in Babylon. When they heard that news. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. We were like those who dream, like those who said, wait a second, is that right? Did did I hear that right? And then when they got there, back to their land, and they were able, for some of them, for the first time in their life to set feet on the soil that God had promised to them, I'm sure some of them turned to each other and said, hey, would you pinch me? I want to make sure I'm not dreaming. It seemed too good to be true. And of course, it hadn't always been that way. Their mouths filled with laughter, their tongues with shouts of joy. Some 70 years prior, when they had seen their king deposed, their walls destroyed, the temple leveled, they had wept bitter tears. And when they were asked to sing a song by those who were carrying them off into captivity, they sang this sorrowful song by the waters of Babylon. There we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our lyres, for our captors required of us songs, and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Their captors had required of them mirth, joy, exuberance. Entertain us, they said. But the people of Israel couldn't do it. They hung their guitars on the wall and they said, nope, not going to play that again. It's too sad, too bitter a feeling. But now, (laughs) but now, now God had acted to bring the exiles home, to set them free, to make a highway in the wilderness to cause rivers to spring up in the desert, to provide for them a safe journey home. How like a desert they had been. Their hope dried up, their lives parched, having exhausted their tears with their long years of weeping. But then... Like the sudden storms that sweep across the Negeb, flooding the channels dry, and then 
filling them with water, God had suddenly, beyond all their wildest hopes, despite their sin, God had acted to restore the fortunes of Zion. Seventy years they had sown the Tear, the, the seed of tears, but now was the time of harvest, and they can hardly believe their eyes. Sowing the seed of tears. You've been there yourself. The, the image is that of sowing, taking the remnant of your seed that which you could eat, and going out and burying it into the ground, making it inedible, unusable for yourself. And when you're hungry and you go out to sow the seed, you do it with weeping because you don't know if you've just buried the last of your food. There are people even today in this world that do literally that very thing. Bury their seed without knowing if they're going to have harvest in the months to come. But even if that isn't our case in a literal sense, we have had that experience of sowing our seed with weeping. Of going through these past months, and maybe for you it's been years, of sowing bitter seed, of weeping, of sowing not knowing if there is reason to hope. And yet... The very act of sowing is an act of hope. Otherwise, you could just eat it and say goodbye to this cruel world and this difficult life. But you sow the seed and you hope. You hope for a better day. Tears you have shed over the heartbreak of losses that you've experienced. Your eyes are red and swollen with the sorrow over the brokenness of, of this world, the brokenness of your own life by sin. You've cried until your body aches, till your voice is hoarse with crying, How long, O oh Lord? But hear God's promise to you this morning from our psalm. Those who go out weeping shall come home with shouts of joy. Does that seem to you to be too good to be true today? That surely must have been the experience of the disciples on that first Easter morning. 
St. Peter had sown in bitter weeping the tears of regret at having denied his Lord, his Master. Mary Magdalene had wept in grief outside of Jesus' tomb. But it was Jesus himself who on the night in which he was betrayed said, you will weep and mourn. You will have pain, but your pain will turn to joy. And indeed, the sowing of Jesus' body into the tomb on Friday resulted in a harvest of resurrection joy on Sunday when he rose from the dead. Then, then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Yes, weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you, morning is coming. Who in your life needs to hear that joyful message this week? Who do you know for whom that message might seem too good to be true? Whose hopes have dried up like an ephemeral stream in a lengthy drought for whom you can point to the horizon and say, Look, rain clouds. Who is weeping? Who is weeping with whom you can sit and give them hope for a day of rejoicing? Who is despondent in this long night for whom you can share the word, morning is coming? Yes, it is awfully dark at 3 a.m., but morning is coming. Songs of joy will fill this room once more, such that they will shake the rafters. Once more, we who have been distanced from one another for the sake of one another will be able to freely embrace in the exchange of peace. In Ecclesiastes it says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. This has been a season of weeping and mourning, but it will give way to a time of laughter and dancing. Christ's first advent into this world marked the beginning of the end for this long age of sorrow. His death and resurrection sealed the fate of fear and grief. For his sake, your sins are forgiven. You are the recipient of his own eternal life, his righteousness. 
and he is coming again. And what a day of rejoicing it will be. So look to the east. The night is far gone, the day is near. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Jesus is that bright morning star. The day is already dawning, and soon the sun will appear. As we look with longing for that day, may his light so illumine your life and sustain you in hope that you may shine forth to brighten the life of your neighbor. In the name of Jesus, amen.